depending on where you live, things are either opening up, partially opening up, or closing down again. That's the kind of world we're living in. Not every place is on the same page, or even working from the same book. So, what can you do in this uncertain time? Well, speaking of books, you can buy some, and you should buy them from your local indie bookseller. Is Amazon uh, convenient? Sure it is. Who doesn't like a new novel drone delivered to your doorstep? But Amazon doesn't need your help. Your local indie bookseller does. They don't have drones, but they have something drones don't have. Rents to pay, mouths to feed, mortgages, anxieties, and real worries. They also have enormous hearts and care nothing more than supporting the works of authors. So let's support them. Order some books from your local bookstore. They'll appreciate it. I'm Alex Green, and this is Stereo Embers, the podcast. Check this out. Do you realize you're now taken by love? Locus and birthday the meat of your heart. The tears of your bones broken up in the shallows. Your baby's been back and still. the music of Liar Flower, which features my guest today on the program, Katie Jane Garside. Let me tell you a little bit about Liar Flower and Katie Jane Garside. Well, for starters, it's practically impossible to tell you a little bit about Katie Jane Garside because there's so much to tell. In fact, there's an Emily Bronte quote that I always think of when I think of Katie Jane, and it goes something like this. I'll walk where my own nature would be leading. It vexes me to choose another guide. Well, Katie Jane is one of those people who chose herself to be her own guide. Did it always find her amidst palatial palaces lunching with queens uh, on verdant summer lawns? Well, no, but that's hardly the point of that quote. The point is, wherever you end up, you ended up there, which means... You had no Virgil to guide you through the hellish terrain that life can sometimes serve up. You led yourself in, and you will lead yourself out. Whether it's happiness, or disaster, or adversity, or triumph, your nature leads you. And everything else either falls apart, or comes together, or both. And you've got to trust that your next adventure isn't going to be good or bad. It's just an adventure. Well, it's very safe to say that Katie Jane Garside's life has been quite an adventure. The adventure itself started for Garside when she was a young girl. Her seafaring parents took her and her sister on a four-year voyage around the world on a yacht. She came home to find that she saw things a little bit differently than she used to, and fitting in on solid earth was not so easy. So, what do you do when you don't fit in? Well, you join a band. And that's exactly what Garside did. 
She joined Daisy Chainsaw in 1989 at the age of 19, and the band's sound was aggressive and nervy, but it was Garside who came across as a kind of feral sea nymph who really stole the show. There was the drilling of dolls' heads, inflatable animals, antique rag dolls, self-mutilation, mic cords whipping across the stage like unleashed hydras from the deep, and Garside at one point even shaved her own head and adorned it in bandages. The name of the band was really appropriate. They were part flower, part buzzsaw, and they were a hybrid of goth and punk and hard rock, and it was a delicious blend. Daisy Chainsaw was one of the most exciting and unpredictable live acts around, and they toured with Mudhoney and Hole. And speaking of Hole, Courtney Love sang Katie Jane's praises, Madonna reportedly tried to court her for her Maverick label, and in spite of the success of the Eleven Teen album and the hit Love Your Money, Garside was having none of it, and she left the band in 1993. Garside was off the radar for a few years, but she reemerged in 1999 with Daisy Chainsaw guitarist Crispin Gray for the band Queen Andrina. They did four brilliant records of gothy, bluesy noise rock that was punctuated by Garside's inimitable vocal delivery, which was raw, nervy, and as powerful as ever. From there, Garside joined forces with American guitarist Chris Whittingham and the two formed Ruby Throat. Their dreamy acoustic folk was experimental, spare, and blissful, and over the course of four albums, each number was wistful, woebegone, and filled with wonder. Garside also put out a marvelous solo album, and Breakbeat Books put out Under a Floorboard World, the career of Katie Jane Garside. And as illuminating as that book is, it really couldn't capture the mercurial, mysterious magic of Katie Jane. I don't think anything could. All right, so there's that. Now, life is a weird thing, especially when it comes full circle. Garside and Whittingham partnered up, had a daughter, and likely influenced by the wanderlust of her British Army father's upbringing, the couple embarked on a voyage around the world on, you guessed it, a yacht. Now, to be totally accurate about that vessel, it's a beloved storm-battered sailboat named Iona. From Falmouth to the Galapagos to New Zealand to South Africa, Garside and her family rode the waves, and the waves answered back. Here's what I mean by that. A lot of things are born at sea. Hopes, dreams, poetry, great novels. In the case of Garside, the sea brought her the idea for Lyre Flower. Lyre Flower's Geiger Counter is an astonishing debut. It's a stirring mixture of dark folk, haunting pop, and rabid rock and roll. Buoyed by thoughtful arrangements and delicious poetic menace, the album is filled with sunrises, sundresses, badgers digging for bees, airports and angels, cats, birds, blood, muddy hands, muddy bones, storms, flowers, red berries, red rivers, and an electromagnetic bikini. The album is a perfect balance of stillness and unrest, peace and the broken pieces of the world as they splinter into glittery shards that will either slice us open or carve riddles into rivers. This album is magic. It's fire. It's frost. It's a remarkable portrait of our aching selves as we drag our shadows into the light and watch them twitch away under the sun. And this is my conversation with Katie Jane Garside. Enjoy it right here on Stereo Embers, the podcast.
pulling off a, a, a massive head, <laughs> a massive headdress. <laughs> <laughs> That's not, <laughs> not what I was expecting you to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, tell me, tell me a little bit about how your life has been um, in quarantine. How have you been doing? How have you been coping? How has it been going? Well, so um, the truth is, is that it's very, it's a, there's very little difference for us because we live uh, in in uh, way out in the country in a very small community and I never used to see anyone anyway and my daughter doesn't go to school not and it doesn't go to so um you know things are I'll carry on pretty much the same and uh before that we lived on a boat which was in total isolation so I think we're kind we're kind of institutionalized to to isolation <laughs> all the same here we're just working away in our tiny corner and you know not not much changes yeah i haven't i haven't actually i haven't i i haven't left the the i was gonna say compound it isn't a compound but <laughs> I, I go i go on i go on cliff edge walks with my with my kid uh but i haven't seen a, any 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 sign of a quarantine mask or anything like that so yeah our, our lives our lives are uh yeah they're, they're pretty much the same we have a news blackout here anyway where i do so um i don't listen to the news i just get what i get told what i need to know and uh and uh yeah very we're very very fortunate i'm totally aware of that and that life is by design. That's that is how you operate best. Yeah. Um, yes, it is. Um, I, I found that uh, for better or for worse, I guess. Um, no, it is for better. It is, it is my choice. Um, I, I live with, you know, people that are more gregarious than me, um, and they do a bit more of, uh, yeah, the one person that it's really affected actually is our daughter, because, you know, usually that, that is the, the main difference is usually the, the floorboards are slamming with little kids running around and shrieking and laughing and all that stuff. And obviously that's not happening. So that, that's the major change. Um, but yeah, it is. It is a life by design. I am. I am. Um, I wasn't always that way, but it, but as I've got older, I have become more and more that that of of uh, just you know. In, um, I'll unfrazzle in a minute and and get in and hold a proper conversation with you i've just been just been shooting a shooting a video so i'm a bit a bit um i'm a bit all over the place but i will regather my wit <laughs> and be present i will i'll be back well, soon <laughs> you um you're doing great and you you were talking about how that's been an evolution for you how how did you used to be um 
by comparison? Do you mean you like to be around other people or do you created best with people around you? Or what exactly do you mean by, by that? Okay, so I've, you know, whatever. I think I started in bands at 18 and um, I'm older than that now. And um, I've, it has been, I, you know, I have totally dedicated my life to that and uh and been very very with the people i work with and very very not with anyone else and that that's really how it really how it turned out and um i you know i've gone to think i i uh i left my second established band queen dreamer about i think about 11 years ago and uh, after that um, we moved we moved on to a canal boat and uh, that that sort of began our sort of our our our, our small ships um, habita habitation so we lived on and and that that really sort of started then moving inwards and uh, just really concentrating quietly on work and and then I you know had a baby as well so life life. And then we went to sea when she was one years old and sailed around the world. And that's, you know, that it, it's that it's really, I suppose, really, you know, Laylee coming eight years ago that and then going to sea. And then we came back four years ago from that. And we're desperately trying to get back to sea once the borders open, um, making music as we as we as we sort of uh, you know, ride the waves as they present themselves. You and I are the same age and I have followed you from the beginning and my, my perception of you, and again, I don't know this, but my perception has always been that you have been one of those people who you knew who you were creatively very young. Um, is, that, is that true? Is that just a, a myth I've made in my head? Uh, you just... I mean, to me, you arrived fully formed as a creative entity um, when we were both 18, which we are both not anymore. Um, no. <laughs> but can you, can you tell me how, I guess what I'm really asking is, I mean, whether or not that's true, but did you feel assured in your creativity at a young age? That might be a better way to, to look at it. That's a really, really, really interesting question. And no one's ever asked me that before. And I can answer it. Um, I so no I didn't know I didn't arrive fully formed at, at all but but what I discovered very quickly was that um I am literally just a mirror so I mirror my environment and again that probably goes back to the isolating thing I have to be very careful what I put myself into because <laughs> um, you know, I absorb it and I respond to it. So I, um, or I reflect it, sorry, that's more accurate. Uh, so, you know, meeting somebody is a clear cut in his cheekbones and everything else that he did as Crispin Gray and Daisy Chainsaw um, gave me a very clear, gave me something very clearly defined to, ref to mirror back, to reflect, uh, if that's what I think 
do, do you have a handle on that on what I'm saying? Yeah, there? I do. Um, so, uh, so that's, that is what that is. Um, and it's taken me a, a real long time to kind of, un, to understand that and then to have it on my own terms. And I'm still learning that every day, really. Um, you know, it's only at this sort of hundreds of bands and decades later that I'm, that I'm sort of writing, that I'm not totally, that I'm writing songs completely autonomously. I have been doing that for a long time, actually. I did do a Lala Shwari album, which was all, that's all autonomous. Mainly I had a couple of sort of co-writes on, on that. Um, but it's, yeah, it's taken me like this many bands to sit down with and an auto harp and and uh and uh not be in response to someone else um, or someone else's agenda even that's sort of even that's sort of a bit more tricky but right. uh um you know take taken i suppose within that there's there's uh there's me kind of, you know, hanging on to my own coattails as I kind of fly along, um, trying to, trying to um, have some. Well, this is this is a funny. I'm trying to have some sense of self. Actually, I gave up on trying to have some sense of self a very long time ago, um, and I think if I don't try and have some sense of self, I'm gonna, I'm giving up the try. That's the important thing, I think, and just being. Beings. I actually I listen. I did listen to your um, your interview with the other with Alex Greenwald. Oh yeah. I, listened, I thought that was that was a really beautiful interview. I I you know, appreciated you both very much in that, and um, you know felt like I could very much be a third person in that conversation. I, I really, um, yeah. I, I I get it. Thank you for that and. <laughs> and uh, I appreciate you listening. And, and what a nice comment. It's, uh, that's exactly what I would hope is that people would feel invited to sort of, um, you know, intellectually sort of um, challenge themselves and their own. I mean, for me, it, and thank you for that. And I, I mean, I'm a writer. I'm, I'm sure you heard me mention that in the interview. And the reason why I don't mind getting older um, at all, like it doesn't even bother me at all, is because I feel like in my work, I feel mm -hmm. like I'm evolving or I feel like I'm yeah. improving. So I'm, I think I'm better today than I was a week ago or a year ago. I think if that wasn't happening, if I felt my powers were in decline, I suppose I might have some kind of crisis um, about getting older, but I haven't had that because I feel that I'm still improving. Not that I'm yeah. good, but I'm improving. Do you, yeah. how do you frame that? It's the same. Yeah, it's the same. Um, you know, if, uh, you know we're very fortunate in that um, because this is a, this is a lifelong devotion and it's always to keep reaching and keep molding that word isn't it it's just to keep or, or to keep landing it again and again and looking at it again and again from a different perspective because it will always speak differently to you if you give it the time if you turn up and listen and uh, that's you know that's so yes it, um, there's an uh, yeah complete a complete um, 
it's, I was going to say it's a complete joy to getting older, and that, but there is, there is, there is, because at the, um, uh, yeah, that that what I found is uh, this goes back to that other interview. Do you mind me quoting that other interview? Because no, God, that. no, no, that's that's that, kind of you. Yeah. yeah, no, that's great. Um, I I found that to um. You guys were talking about, you know, a state of flow, and uh, and within the when when you are not when you are not present when you you as the thing that knows you are no, the thing that knows you are you is not is not holding the pen, um, and I, I found. I, I have, I, I meditate and I've done, I, I meditate very intently, intensely. And I have done for the last, I think the last couple of years, I've, I've meditated my whole life. Um, but the last couple of years, I really have, have really dedicated to it. Um, to, to, you know, I went to like just an hour, an hour in the morning when I wake up before everybody else is awake. And uh, what I found that is from that place, I met, meditate and then write, come come out of the meditation and and write, um, or or just allow the stream of consciousness to come, not control it or edit it in any way. Um, and uh, I found that that, and then I leave it be. I leave whatever that is. But I try and leave it as long as I can. I try and build up a big body of that and not look at it for at least three months. Um, so it's continually there building and then just um, print it off. It's, it's, I do write with, you know, I write with my, on, onto, a, onto a device, onto a screen. Uh, and I find that there's a, a really good disconnect uh, without using a pen because I can touch type so I don't have to, think you know my fingers are moving without me uh without right. me necessarily having to engage con con or not very consciously engaging brain and so i've written from there for the well really for this for this record that I, we've just put out and uh um i found that to be a really consistent method so i'm i'm, uh, I'm offering that out <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's a really and and then when I'm right when we're actually we're working on our material like improvising I just have you know hundreds of sheets of paper spread around the floor from that writing from that writing process that I haven't necessarily looked at before and I'm just I'm letting the words pick me off the page so that there's a there's a sort of real quite deep process of of out the wayness to get to to find to get that song formed if uh, if that makes sense so so i have i've kind of delighted in that because i've been able to surprise myself and and enjoy hearing it back because it's not you know it's not my it's not my go to it's not the the same old phrasing it's not the confounding rhyming it's all you know all there's there's um 
Yeah, there's, uh, I'm out of the way and, uh, and uh, I, I've, you know, I couldn't have done, I wouldn't have known how to get that at 20. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have known how to find that way. Uh, so, you know, this is, uh, you know, uh, hey, this is, this is, this is being here for a while. This is being on the planet, planet Earth, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the benefits. I mean, one thing yeah. that, I mean, I always knew I wanted to be a writer. I just didn't know how to do it and how to do it well. It took a long time. Um, when I, you mentioned, you know, all these years we are on the planet, I, looking at you early on, um, you seemed very confident and, um, and it seemed like I was saying is that you knew, you knew who you were on stage and you were very in control of that. Um, is, what has, it's a tough question, but what has, first of all, is that true? And second of all, what has shaken your confidence over the years and how do you, as an artist, how do you sort of, I don't want to say get over it because that's probably the wrong way to say it, but how do you process that kind of, um, sort of momentary tremble in in one's you know confidence well what what i found in this again was very really really early on probably after the first gig probably after the second gig i'd ever done in my life was that i'm my i, I believe my person my person, the person who thinks she is she, is so unsuited to that environment that it makes me go into a state of, uh, it, almost, it it goes me into, for starters, a complete panic and a state of shock, which also, um, again, does that thing. It's sort of like self-annihilation in a sense. The self is annihilated, so I'm no longer there. Uh, I'm, I'm, my, my, I just found that and it's a switch that goes and I, I'm losing my thread, but I've, so there's, as I relax more into that and trust that, I think that's what you're interpreting as a kind of confidence, but it's actually um really because i'm not there so i allow you know i allow I allow <laughs> the great the great mystery the whatever the thing the nameless to uh to uh to do to do it for me and uh so it's not confidence it's absence um and and I'll, I've struggled and I will continue to struggle when, you know, that doesn't happen. And uh, I am there consciously feeling my feet on the floor and, uh, and, uh, not, not, and you know, getting into that terrible trap of trying to try to try to try to try. And then you just, you know, but then actually, you know, then suddenly you can, you can break through that wall and um really really try to try to try to try to try 
<laughs> and something else happens. It's sort of that. It's it's always that. It's always just really going for presence, presence, presence. It back into this moment, this moment, this moment. You know, it's the only one in this extraordinary adventure of what it is to be a conscious human being with apparently a linear thread through it all. Um, it you know, it's sort of it. It's uh, there. There is no normal. There's you know, it's right. just it's a it's a fucking riot it's extraordinary every waking breath and uh you know that um i think they only you know we kid ourselves we forget that and uh we do we try and we try and make normal but there is no normal there's um and it's so it's just walking consciously walking that tightrope really and um and uh staying staying awake and absent that's yeah. Yeah. that's so true <laughs> staying, <laughs> staying awake and absent that's so that's exactly what i've realized is that it's not about you know for years i was doing interviews in these bookstores authors would come and i'd interview them you know in front of an audience and then they'd take questions and invariably um every time somebody would ask you know how do you access um that place and, and i realized that it's that's sort of backwards that place has to be able to access you um yeah, right like, but yeah and i think you know i was talking to Kristen hirsch about a year ago and she was like i was very sad about morrissey at the time because i was sad that morrissey was kind of saying what seemed you know for all for all practical purposes looked like some horrible racist things which for me was a massive shock and yeah. she said to me, I said, what do I do about my love of the Smiths? Because they, they saved my life. And she said, just remember that genius is not a person. It's a visitation. Yeah. Oh, my God. Isn't that gorgeous? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that was a lightning bolt for me where yeah. I went, okay, right. Like, you, don't, right? you don't access mm -hmm. genius. You, you have to be open mm -hmm. so it can access mm -hmm. you. Oh, my goodness. Gosh, trust her. How beautifully put. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, that has made it really easier for me in terms of what we're, what we're talking about. I, I do want to, I'm very curious to know if you, um, when, when you were on stage, you're talking about that persona and you're talking about giving over to it. Um, mm -hmm. When you found yourself at a very young age being photographed, being, being gazed upon, were you comfortable um, when you weren't in that persona in other words for a photo shoot or for whatever it might be for uh, interviews on on whatever um were you able to sort of give yourself over to that or were you very conscious of being looked at um we had you know this might be a bit convenient a bit of a sideways slip but I you know I my I act my memory is appalling and so much of it has disappeared um I I just have I sort of have one day I, I remember one day of of leading the life that sort of I, I believe you know pop stars lead at the top of their game or you know and when suddenly there lots of people want to talk to them I just remember one day of that and um going 
actually i i, I don't i i haven't got the my my skeleton's not strong enough to to take this i can't show up for this interview at six in the morning play something in the and then do a full-blown gig over in in the evening and then go on to go and do go and do tv in 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 you know late night and i i know i just yeah i did one day of that and went i yeah i have not got the the um my I, i there's not enough of a person to be able to to do that um so i you know quite clearly didn't do that and and uh um I, I guess I've been uh, um, had enough clarity. I think I've only just realised this recently, but I've had enough clarity over the decades and the bands to not, and I didn't do it consciously, but to not let anything get too big because I needed to retain my, I needed to not have any expectations put up on me that I couldn't deliver. And I, you know, I did have, I guess now I'm thinking about it, I did have a bit of that in Daisy Chainsaw, which, you know, uh, doing a world tour and then burnout and but being expected to go out and do it more well, you know, world tours on the back of that world tour on the back of that world tour. And, uh, so I destroyed it and, and uh, uh, because I just know, knew I could, you know, some days I wake up and my bank is, my bank account is empty and I go, oh, oh, you know, you probably should have taken care of things a little bit better. But on the end, in the end, I, I, I just have, ah. Uh, I just, you know, ultimately I just have me and my auto harp and I can make it up as I go along. And at this point in my life, I'm not paying anyone's mortgage. I don't have anyone, no one's, uh, I, that's the horrible position I think people get into when they're paying, you know, that little them, the singer or the guitar player or whatever or in the band. And But actually they're the sort of, they've got so many people they're responsible for. It's a, a terrible, a terrible, terrible, position to be in i'm going off track i know i am um, no no this is great this is this is exactly what we do <laughs> yes yes we live off the tracks <laughs> yes we do yeah we do um yeah so i uh people's gaze upon me i, I um hmm, you know various points i have more more energy for it but mainly i don't have that much energy for it um, but as I said, you know, the bank account thing that, you know, at, at a certain point that's, that, uh, is relevant and <laughs> mine's been <laughs> empty <laughs> my whole life. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, there, there, but, you know, I'm rich in, rich in my career. <laughs> 
Well, I don't know. I, I come up with an idea when we're hungry. I go, okay, I'll make a cassette tape now and see if I can sell it for 500 pounds. And, you know, <laughs> and, then, and then I do that. And that's okay. It's okay. Um, you know, I'm, um, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm very privileged and we, we're, uh, we're good at living hand to mouth and, uh, and sometimes we resent the amount of work that we have to do, but, um, what, you know, actually I don't never, I never resent making, making music or writing or any of these gorgeous things, but I, but I do resent having to sell it, but I do have to sell it. You know, right. I do, right. <laughs> I have to sell it. Um, because I'm no good for anything else. And that is the absolute truth. I, I, you know, I tried to do some, some crappy jobs when I was 18 and I was completely insanely rubbish at them. I just, I haven't got the brain for that. I haven't got the brain for any kind of linear, linear, um, follow through or turning up at, you know, any, you know, doing what's required. I just can't. And, um, uh, so anyway, I've been able to, to scratch my way doing things mostly on my own terms.
uh, we spent the last, uh, I think it's more than 10 years actually, but we made quiet records as, as a band called Ruby Throat. And uh, that was conscious after leaving noisy band number two. I didn't want to have any, any, um, any drums or rhythm or anything sort of, you know, dictating uh, the pace and because uh, I had done that for a long, long time. But when we came back from a four-year trip around the world, it uh, the difference was to to I keep I've got an image in my head of uh, of uh, it's just like oh, actually I'm not going to use that image. It's not very really nice, um, but. Um, I've just, I've literally just letting all the gates open rather than editing the gates and going, no, you can't do this, can't do this, can't do that. Um, but actually just letting letting them all open and plugging in, we're on the land so we can, we've got electricity and Chris can finally, you know, play an electric guitar. I'd say I've sort of strapped him to five string ukuleles for so many years and he actually you know, he's, he's, he's an electric guitar player amongst many other things, but that's his, one of his huge loves. So we, we, we just went, okay, we, okay, let's, let's, let's not consciously edit or close the gate on anything. Let's just let it all go. And uh, I, I told you about that, uh, the, the right, the writing process, of uh, the meditation stream of consciousness and then uh, another sort of removal removal to make to have the song write itself and um and we improvised and we recorded those improvisations like for uh, mud stars and my brain is lit like an airport they um uh, that's that's improvisations as they came out. Chris, is, he's a really good. He's a filmmaker. He's an editor. And he can see the he can see this 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 the story within the chaos, and uh, he can find the bit within an hour and a half of improvisation. And so uh, there's there are those songs, and I'm I'll admit to being gratified by that process. You know, and then when can actually allow the song to write itself and uh, get it, catch it, get it in the net and not kill it dead with rewrites and rehearsals and I won't overdub. Being that we are the same age, I like the idea that we don't stop creating, we just keep going and changing mm. and I think that that mm. keeps you challenged and I think it keeps you vital and um, you know, I, I do think that sometimes artists, um, though I'm I'm loath to criticize anybody who's making art, but I do think sometimes artists can just rest on their laurels and maybe maybe phone it in because they know they can do it. And um, you know, and that and I can certainly understand that. Um, but I feel like you have been always someone who challenges yourself creatively. Um, that you will, you're not afraid of new terrain. Um, is that, is that a correct perception? Um, I'm not, no, I'm cer certainly, uh, hmm, I'm, I'm, I'm 
I'm not sure I have the words for this one. Am I afraid of new terrain? Um, I, I'm, I keep wanting to say, I know if you talk to, hmm, if you talk to Crispin, Crispin Gray or Chris, can see him out the window now with my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> um, but mm, I, I'm, I'm not sure. I want to uh, see. I, I know they they both think I'm very very awkward. Um, uh, so hmm, I'm not quite sure. I'm not. Um, not afraid of new terrain. Am I afraid of new terrain? Hmm. Um, I am. I get really cross if somebody tries to make me do something I don't want to do, and I won't. Obviously, won't do it. Um, I don't. I don't take uh, direction very. Yeah, I I don't really. I won't take direction. Uh, so what I'm what I'm trying to get at is actually, and the same thing turns up no matter what the terrain is, and it's that that um, that I am. Um, uncompromising in my pursuit of of um of going for of of using my method to be present i think is the right right way so if somebody wants something from me on a certain in a certain way on a certain day they won't get it um it's yeah uh, I mean, I just, I, that's all, you know, ultimately in the end, that's all I have. So, um, and I'm very protective of it, uh, and because it is everything. Uh, so if I, uh, if I, if I'm not working that way, then I, I, then I, <laughs> then I won't work. Right. Yeah. Have you yes. have you always thought of yourself as being an introvert, or do you consider yourself to be more of an extrovert? No, no. I'm. I'm. Yeah, yeah. I'm very much, very much an introvert. An introvert. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the right? What was the word? The word? In introvert. Intro. Introvert. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. And uh, um, I, you know. Uh, I think my daughter wishes I would talk a bit more and things like that. <laughs> she does everything she can to draw me out, and I don't, you know, she's she's a, a a glorious, a glorious little extraordinary force of nature, and um, I'm, uh, I'm I'm happy to show up for her. <laughs> yeah, but if you are if you are introverted. So much so that even even around your daughter, that you're you're definitely quieter. Um, 
that's really interesting because if you juxtapose that with your art, um, mm. that persona is certainly not an introvert. And I, and I think it's interesting to me when I speak to musicians, I mean, I think 99% of them say they're introverts. And so, you know, a, a high school counselor would never say, oh, you're an introvert. You should go into the performing arts, but that's exactly where you should go. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, I think, yeah, there is, there must be that this balancing scales. It's, I guess it comes out somewhere, but I do feel that it is kind of like that, like a sort of volcano, really. It's, uh, oh, no, that's not the right analogy. The, um, uh, you know, a lid on, a lid on a pressure cooker kind of thing. Right. Um, it comes out somewhere. Um, yeah, yeah. I, you know, and I've, I've, um, also have a thing where um, I, this, this is I might be off-roading here but um, the I don't recognize myself on on uh, you know uh, on on uh, if I see filmed things of me filmed I don't recognize myself obviously I can see but it's me, but I can't, but I don't recognize the thing that's moving through me. I don't recognize that as, as, uh, as me, as, as the person that thinks I'm me. I don't recognize that. Uh, and again, but that goes back to the fifth, uh, you know, it, I understand it. Uh, I've in, you know, in the early days when we started out, there wasn't a lot of stuff being filmed. It was just still cameras and stuff. Um, so I didn't really, didn't really see it. Uh, I was really in Queen Adrena where I saw it, and that was when I really saw that. Yeah, I didn't recognise myself and the thing moving through whatever that is. Um, and actually uh, to watch it is really uncomfortable but to be it is is uh, is uh, you know gorgeous is but to watch it is uncomfortable for me um, what about what about watching it while it's ha watching the reaction to it while it's happening in other words can you can you think of when you're on stage um especially at maybe at the most frenetic moments where you can see the audience sort of feeding off of that energy. Um, is that something you were aware of or was that also in that same category of something you, you can't recall? Oh, no, I, I'm, yeah, it's not, uh, you know, it's not like a blackout channeling. Uh, so, uh, and I, 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 that's what I mean. I can, I, I can I feel the state, but I don't recognize it with my I don't know is it frontal cortex or something with my frontal brain thing <laughs> a brain thing <laughs> uh, the thing that knows that I'm me I know the feeling and the feeling is you know it's just um, sort of it's liquid gold and um, uh, you know the lungs are just expanded to infinity and um, and it's uh, just a, a it's yes, yeah, it's it's it's, it's a delirious, gorgeous, golden uh, absence. 
Um, but just so delicious, I think, is probably the right word. Uh, I haven't got the words for that, to be honest. Um, but but uh, yeah, yeah, we, you know, the lungs are infinitely huge and they are our lung. You know, they're all of us. And I think we're all, we all have it. Uh, anyone that wants to take part, anyway, we're all in that in that lung at that moment. Uh, we are all we are we are that at that moment, and that's uh, you know that's uh, that's that's it, isn't it? That's flow. That's unconsciousness. That's union. That's, that's no one, nowhere, and no time. Uh, it's it's uh, doesn't happen every day <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i know that my perception of what an introvert is is an introvert is not necessarily somebody who is quiet but it's somebody who gets their power drawn away from them um, by other people so if you go to a party um you mm. can feel those people you know sucking your energy um mm. from you right um and so I also wonder what it's like for you to perform live when you, um, when you do play live um, now or then, did you feel when it was done, like you needed to be alone, you needed to power, power down and recharge on your own terms? Oh, you know what, it became, hmm. I mean, it, it did fall into some pretty cliched stuff really uh you know there's a lot lot of drinking actually which is <laughs> that i couldn't sustain i could not sustain um so i didn't drink for five years and now i drink very very little but so it was that sort of you know drinking without feeling the edge you know not you know just being um i'm sorry to say that really but that's that was a coping strategy through the through the second band um oh. that was not yeah that was that was a decade of uh, of um of just tr um trying to uh yeah so that was yeah that was um that wasn't always that gorgeous thing that i was talking about um that 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 was uh not that all the time um it was that though as well it was um but it that was yeah that was the that was the thing going off the rails a little bit i i sort of that's where i did actually feel like i was paying other people's mortgages and i'd lost control of of uh of the car really um it was it was hurtling along and i and the relationships were all gone too crazy and um I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't find, couldn't find the way, the, the exits for a long time, the exit strategy on that. Um, and hence, hence, uh, you know, not, not wanting to make a noise for 10 years afterwards. Only <laughs> <laughs> just now, you know, just now we, we sort of let the gates open and, um, and uh, allowed it again. Cause you know, those, that, that stuff, uh, there, there's uh you know there's different there's different voices in there and they do all need airing out they all need a they all need a say and uh i kind of i you know kept them under wraps for a long time they're still there and i was, I was 
um, you know, still had, and I know <laughs> I always have access to them. Right. Uh, but, but I did, uh, yeah, you know, like you, I spent, I really spent a long time writing poetry. I didn't, I didn't actually want to have to utter a word out loud or, or, and that's a beautiful thing about poetry is the autonomy in there, you know, I did not need anything except uh, a piece of paper, you know, nothing and a pen. Um, and I, yeah, I love that. I, oh, Alex, I, I do feel I'm sort of totally off-roading here. I'm not, I'm not quite sure where I've gone, but. Um, I'm with uh, you. I got you. I, I'm, I'm with you. I totally understand where you're going. <laughs> are, are you, are you somebody who is, because my, my brain works in a similar way where, so it's very easy for me to follow. Um, are you good or are you better now at self-care or is that, is that like a, because I find that um, that's a really important element for me now that I didn't realize was so important in the older days. Um, yeah, you know, and, and that's not, that's not just like, I'm going to do sit-ups. It means being kind to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's, um, yeah. And that's part, you know, partly why I meditate the way I do. Uh, cause I really do feel that that, um, counter counters there's so, there's so much talk these days about sort of self-love um and you gotta love yourself before you can actually love anybody else and um i think it's uh you know it's it's easy in theory it's a great idea and i'm totally down with it and i totally get it um but honestly in practice i think it's a lot for me it's a lot is that's very challenging and uh on a i look after myself that is for sure and I am extremely boundaried. So this is self-care. I can, I can call, I can say that. I'm extremely boundaried these days. Why, you know, this isolation blast is a blast for me. Um, it's, I know, I know what taxes me and I do everything I can to avoid those scenarios without um, without it impacting the lives around me, those, of those around me too much. Um, so, yes, I live in a very isolated way and I meditate. I drink very little, but I do love red wine now and again. But uh, uh, it's very, it's, uh, I will refuse ever to have a, I never put myself in a position where I'll have a hangover again in my life. Um, and you know i eat well and i do i love my child and i give her everything that i feel everything i feel that she needs i like showing up for her basically being present with her and and i fail at that again and again but i keep coming back and showing up and those are that's what's important and then then we go and sort of make 
crazy record on top of that and that's okay <laughs> but then you can really enjoy it actually you know you can we can we could sort of listen to that and I, I will admit this much um we by the time we finally got the running order on it right um and Chris did brilliantly with that I sort of hand over that kind of responsibility he got there in the end and uh we listen to it and you know we kind of go okay yeah all right here we are okay yeah there's some decades of work in there yeah we're you know we're, we're happy we're, we're happy with it. we actually think it's quite good <laughs> i love hearing you say that because it, it's better than quite good but i love hearing that you feel that way because um, there are times I've mentioned this in other interviews where I'll be doing a reading from my book and I'm, and I'm changing things around and the book's been published for five years and it's like, <laughs> I'm with you totally, totally. But that's the brilliant thing about poetry or songs is you can improvise and you can, cause they different. So interpretations do, do, um, you know, suit a different moment, don't they? So you, you know, the way that, you might want to leave off that last line or something, you know? Right. So, and it, yeah. It's, totally. it's like, you know, to, to go back to Morrissey, it's like that, that line in that Smith song where he says, has the world changed or have I changed? And I think it's, it's you. And so I was doing a reading um, in San Francisco and I changed a few lines. And I saw a woman reading along in her book and I saw her looking up at me like, wait, you just, you just fucking changed it. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, you know, that's, that's just what felt correct to me. And so to hear you say um, that that you were happy is like that moment in pinball where the ball goes in the groove and all the points are coming at once. I just, I love that it, that it snapped together and you feel that way um, because that's. Yeah, with, re with reservation, I was, you know, I can, yeah, I can, of course I can do a critique and I can go, oh, I wish I'd, <laughs> but in terms of the main swing of it and the arc of it and and where it happened to go which is really in the end very little to do with us I'm I'm sort of like okay yeah I I told them you know I went okay I'm here use me I'm I'm here please put it through me whoever you are great mystery whatever it is I'm here I'm open i'm not editing this is it please let's do this now and uh something was done you know I can go and i can go mm, okay all right that's uh yeah there's an arc there that's uh kind of that i can rest easier with than probably on most records that i've made so i don't yeah. know what it was like for you um, I grew up in, in the Bay Area, and you grew up in, was it Yorkshire? Is that where you, where you were born? Uh, I was born there. I, no, I didn't know. I, I was in the, my dad was in the army. He was in the, the SAS, and basically we, we've moved all over the world and all over the country and, you know, never stayed anywhere for more than a year or two years. Right. So utterly transient nomadic. Well, your your parents seemed like they didn't discourage a creative life and um do you do you feel that as a parent that you try to 
create an atmosphere where your child knows that creativity is an option? Um, I, what my main, my main thing, my main, the thing that's sort of most important is that I stay out of her way as much as I can and that I don't force my will on her, you know, other than to do the most basic things and just let her be her. Um, so, um, yeah, that's, I, th I think that's, I believe that's what I was given was both my parents are uh, incredibly maverick, um, quite, uh, I think, yeah, I'll stick with the word maverick, actually. I like um, that word. Yeah, they do not do anything. Um, they certainly don't do anything they're told, put it that way. Um, and... And I appreciate that. I, I appreciate that I never, I never for a moment ever question, hmm, I was going to say, I never question my right to do what I do. I actually wrestle with that question the whole time, but, but it never, I never, I n maybe when we first got back from sea when I was 14, um, you know, that I had sort of notions of kind of trying to fit in, but I've never had that, never had that thing of needing to fit in or be accepted. And that's, uh, so, you know, I've been able to just, for better or for worse, do it how I want to do it. Um, and and uh, I think that's, if there's anything I can give to lay really it's really staying out of her way as much as I can and all the while being there for her you know? right and just support the the paths that that she decides yeah to sometimes it's difficult you know because she's like everyone in her generation and and in lockdown she just she just you know she wants she wants to be on a screen that's what she wants that's sure. that is all she wants you know um yeah yeah well, I mean, I can certainly understand that that sort of reflex. Um, but one of the things that you said that I really I've always admired about your work is that you are so unique and so singular that somebody was asking me once uh, I was I was loaning them my Ruby Throat CD and um, and she said, well, what does it sound like? And I said, it doesn't sound like anything you've heard. It's something, it's so in its own lane. And, um, you know, I like, I like the idea that you operate that way where there's, I mean, obviously you, you know, you listen to a lot of music and you've, you know, you've, you've been influenced by what you've heard in some ways and you've picked stuff up and literature and art and all those things, but you've managed to have a career which is so sonically singular and marvelous and um, assured. And I've just always admired your output and, and um, you know, and you've been one of those artists that is so unique in how you, in how you write and how you record. Um, 
it's just you have a marvelous body of work i, I just i've, I've admired <laughs> it for so long thank you <laughs> that's a long compliment sorry about that <laughs> i'm i'm that's extraordinary thank you for, for saying that um that's really so very sweet of you um and uh yeah um yeah I don't it doesn't feel like that most of the time I have to admit but um but I'm gonna take that from you thank you um and I'll just uh I'll just roll around in that for a little while <laughs> well you remind me that my agent years ago had told me that I'm not a commercial writer <clears throat> and I, I was making his life very difficult because of that and I, so I tried to write a commercial book and it just came out weirder, um, like, <laughs> like less commercial than my other stuff. And when, yeah. when I look at my record collection and I look at the stuff that I've loved, my, the books and the music that I've loved, and I look at you, I draw inspiration from you in the sense that I don't, I don't want to, um, I don't need to write Harry Potter, you know, and you, and you didn't need to be, you know, uh, Madonna. It's like that's not where we ended up, and that is very fine. Thank you very much. It's it's that's okay, you know. Yes, it is okay, isn't it? Yeah, and and I, um, you know, so I, at any rate, I've I have always found you to be a tremendous inspiration artistically, and I and I am so happy about this album, and I'm so happy about what you do, and that you are you. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. You know, it's it's um, oh, goodness. You know, I'm sure you know about this, but you, we work away for you sort of year on year on year, and uh, and um, don't really come up for air. Uh, not certainly not really through Ruby Throat. Um, uh and um it can feel just you know it can feel like you're just sort of tipping tipping words out into the void and uh and um and uh you know uh, and yes and you will know this the process of making this stuff is is undeniable you do it but then the the bit when you sort of sit back and kind of go hmm okay i suppose i need a rest uh do i do i need a rest what, what, what am i meant to do now you know that sometimes anyway what i'm saying is it's really but thank you for saying that so it's very nice to um to have to have you hit the ball back across the net you know that's that's really 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 so so very sweet thank you My God, I love her. Katie Jane Garside, truly one of the most fascinating, enigmatic, uh, provocative, charismatic, and enduring artists around. Uh, and Liar Flowers' Geiger Counter, what an album. Go get it. Get it on vinyl or CD, uh, available August 21st. But you can pre-order it now uh, at the One Little Indian site, indian.co. 
www.katiejohnson.co.uk. You can also download or stream it there right now. You can also visit Katie Jane at sleeplikewolves.katiejanegarside.com. So do that and uh, get to know her. Buy her old stuff. Buy her new stuff. Buy it all. You will not be sorry. Trust me. It is one of the most impressive bodies of work uh, that I can think of. Uh, my own work is, uh, is coming out this summer in the form of a new young adult book called Malraux and the Midnight Organ Fight. Uh, it's some dark, dark business I've come up with uh, just in time for summer. Here comes a book for teenagers about murder. <laughs> you know, that old chestnut. Uh, it's basically a detective duo uh, Weston and Malroe, uh, who have to solve a series of murders one particularly grisly summer in San Francisco. It's like Sherlock Holmes meets Rick and Morty uh, meets, I don't know, the first Frightened Rabbit album. The book is out June 10th, but you can pre-order it now uh, if you're feeling a little impatient, uh, which is very flattering. If you're impatient for my work, I'm very flattered indeed. Uh, you're like, I can't wait nine days or whatever it is. I have to have it now. Uh, thank you for that. I appreciate your impatience. Uh, go to your indie bookseller and, uh, they'll scare up a copy for you. I know it's available on Amazon. That's fine. Uh, but if you buy it from your indie bookseller, send it to me and I'll sign it for you and I'll send it back. How about that? All right. That's if you don't go through Amazon. All right. Go through your indie bookseller and uh, and I will I will sign that for you, okay? Uh, and maybe I'll throw in uh, something extra, like I don't, I don't know what do I have around here? Some wheat thins? I don't know. Well, we'll I'll come up with something. Uh, buy it from your indie bookseller. Send it over to me, and uh, and I will take care of the rest for you, okay? Uh, look, that's uh, that's the least I can do for you supporting your local store. Uh, Thank you for supporting Stereo Embers, the podcast. We are available on all podcast platforms. So, you know, go to the one that you use and uh, subscribe, tell a friend, leave a nice comment, give us a rating, and uh, we'll be eternally grateful. You can email me at editor at StereoEmbersMagazine.com or you can follow me on Twitter at EmbersEditor or you can follow me on Instagram at EmbersPodcast. Let's close the show with another new song from the Geiger Counter album by Liar Flower. This is I Am Sundress, She of Infinite Flowers. Enjoy it. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next time right here on Stereo Embers, the podcast only on Bombshell Radio. Thank you.
Love 